This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. Welcome to Kelly and Ramya. You know, it's a real interesting day to be joining us because mm-hmm. I kind of feel like we're neither in February nor in March because it's the 29th today. But of course, people who were born today are like, excuse me, I exist. This is a real day. Um, and, <laughs> and I agree. It's totally true. Yeah. It's just kind of like that limbo feeling like, whoa, am I going to get the date wrong when I write it down on my yep. scripts today? Well, well, some people consider it like a quarter of a day that yeah. you get and you yeah. only celebrate a as a full up. day it's oh a yeah up. and i have to yell a shout out to cameron cameron happy birthday, birthday boy Woo. uh you're 16 today but you know really i know <laughs> as you get older you'll start telling people oh no no i'm four years old today right yeah. enjoy it buddy love you that's awesome that's awesome kelly mcdonald ramia amuthan this is kelly and ramia um moving to some questions about important drink choices okay in the winter a lot of us opt for hot chocolate and other warm drinks, but I'll say hot chocolate. In the summer, you hear a lot about iced teas. Nowadays, iced teas and lemonade mixes and things like that. Kels, you asked me earlier, so I'll just put it out there. In the fall, I think it, fall is uh, monopolized by anything Cider. and ever. What? Cider. Cider? Okay, yeah, maybe, but I yeah, was thinking... Some people warm them up, right, because of the fall fairs and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. cider is quite new in my life. Uh, I was thinking, um, <laughs> I was totally thinking pumpkin exist, spice. Folks. Pumpkin okay, you know, spice latte. Pumpkin spice is new in my life. ESL. No, I, I know too. No, it's yeah. not existent for you. Come on. But okay, what happens in the spring for you? Do you do have like a drink pumpkin, that though. you go to in the spring? Um, I'm going to say more likely to go, even though it's a fight to get, is iced coffee. Iced coffee in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It just feels like that because for me, if you're going to go sit outside and whatever, and as it starts, it's just that feel. Can. It's the cop yeah. between. Yeah. But I mean, unfortunately, I'm just too warm coffee regardless, but mm. I do enjoy the iced coffee probably any time of the year. That's nice, too. I do like iced coffee any time anytime of the year, just like I like ice cream any time of the year. Yep. I feel like January is one of the best months to have ice cream, actually. When I was a kid, we we didn't do it. It just wasn't done. Like, you know, it's just really? like, what? Why would you have that in the wintertime? What's wrong with you? Let's check your well, head the here. Best. It's the best. You're frozen. Your mouth is frozen. And just enjoy your ice cream in silence. I, I think I would find that I liked ice cream sandwiches and stuff more if I had to have them in the February, January. It just seemed more logical to me than a nice big full bowl or a blizzard or something uh, like that. That's really, you know, summer stuff. I don't I, I don't remember the last time I finished an entire blizzard on my own or a McFlurry. Why not? But when was the last time you had an ice cream sandwich? Uh, a few days oh, ago. Wow. Oh, I always my keep goodness. Them I love them. Okay. Got to put in my voila order. All right, Whoa. let's see what's coming up on today's edition of Kelly and Ramya. We're talking about an original proof copy of a Harry Potter book that just got sold for a pretty penny. Wow, it's like tail end of that conversation about the uh, hockey card from the other day. Jeff Ryman has the magical details on what in the world. 
Everyone knows you'll never come home from Costco with just a $7 rotisserie chicken. Mm -mm. Mary Mammolini stops by with her tips for trimming down your grocery bill and getting the most from your wholesaler membership. That's a Absolute great, need. great oh, conversation. Yeah. yeah. Plus, on our weekly roundtable, today we're joined by uh, Bean Guild, the fearless leader of the wheelie peeps, also unfiltered. We're going to talk about a lot with Bean later on in the show, so stick around for hour two as well. Okay, let's talk about uh, Tesla. The Ford electric vehicle owners will now be able to use much of Tesla's charging network, but there is a catch. Ford EV owners will now have access to about 15,000 Tesla fast chargers, roughly 57% of Tesla's entire charging network, which Ford says will double the size of the network that Ford EVs can currently use. The catch, however, is that before owners can use the plugs, they'll need an adapter, which Ford says it'll ship for free in March. Ford says starting next year, though, their EVs will be equipped with Tesla-compatible plugs straight from the dealer. Mark Remillard, ABC News. A lot of this kind of caught in between scenarios coming up at the top of the show. So, uh, yeah, adapters, obviously not unheard of to think you're going from kind of one technology upgrading, hopefully, into another kind of technology, making things more efficient and with chargers and battery and charging methods, approaches. We know that this is all over. Um, but adapters, Kells, means... A lot of people will now potentially feel like they're left out of the scenarios and the situations until further notice, of course, and until it starts becoming uh, Tesla's responsibility to ship these things out, which they say mm. they're going to. We'll see. You know, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining it ending up like the phones, you know, where we stop and just, look, just make them USB-Cs and that's it, whatever it is. Yeah. It's a get catch all Ford for all vehicles, do whatever else you want. And, you know, uh, and I think that's just as technology catches up and they say, okay, guys, we're going to come up with a, a generic charging way and it's got to favor everyone because we're not getting a whole bunch of these different kinds of connectors. Someone switch cars and the landfills end up with all these adapters floating around. Yeah, exactly. The adapters floating around and then people who, you know, haven't upgraded their technology to the next one yet. So they're being caught in the crossfires of, yep. okay, I can't you know, use my current device, but can't use the future well, device unless I upgrade. Well, and you got to think about it now, right? We've got to come up with this stuff now because when this becomes the norm, this is what we found with the phones, right? We should be already, this should be in mind, make something standardized so we're not getting into the same trouble we have mm -hmm. in 12 other examples before this. And I don't have the numbers for how many Teslas there are out on the roads compared to every other car, but I'm thinking this is still a bit of a new adapter situation or new adopter mm -hmm. situation. So, sure. uh, you know, putting this into the mix right now, saying, oh, by the way, well, you got to have an adapter now to use the better chargers, kind of seems like a, a thumbs down for me. Yeah, me for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Waste and more board. money spent and just, yeah. oh, come on, guys, standardize everything. Never mind greed. We're trying to get more people to get electric vehicles in general, right, as a bigger yeah. picture. So, um, but we'll see. As you said, it's, it's part of the moving forward and the rolling of wheels with technology. We're going to take a break. Come back to talk audio entertainment and tech with Mike Fair. He's featuring Unmade Movies. This is a collection of audio adaptations of unproduced or unreleased um, screenplays from the likes of Alfred Hitchcock to Ernest Lehman. We'll be right back with that on Kelly and Ramya. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back.
Welcome back. It's Kelly and Ramia on a Thursday episode here with you. So we've got our Thursday staples lined up and ready to go. Let's start with audio entertainment and tech and bring on Michael Fair. Audio entertainment and accessible technology are increasingly important in our lives. I'm Mike Fair, here to help you make the most out of your devices. We'll share tech tips and product reviews. Plus, I'll steer you towards the best accessible games, audio dramas, and podcasts. We'll talk about it all here on Kelly and Ramya. Mike, we're very used to you featuring one audio entertainment feature uh, and doing a deep dive into this, but today we've got a whole collection. So... If you take a screenplay, which never got made into a movie, turn it into an audio drama using the screenplay direction as uh, uh, narration, and then throw in some top acting and narration talent, repeat the process seven times, then you got what we're talking about today, which is called Unmade Movies. It's a collection, and you're really excited to tell us all about it. What got you excited about the release? Well, I've always really been fascinated by the road not taken. A lot of the, the things I've bought, uh, every once in a while I'll get a keyboard and I think, oh, I like, I, what if I chose that one instead? And, and sometimes you can actually find out what the results of that other choice was like without breaking the bank. It's not like that with movies. You know, movies are very costly things to make. Mm. You can have a wonderful screenplay, and if you don't get the right actors, the right director, the right talent on, t- like, when you are trying to market it, you're sunk. Right, so there's there's so many factors that go into making these into movies, and uh, so th- this was right up my alley. And the timing, this was released in this month, earlier this month, and I can't think of a better time to invest in a collection like this of seven, basically ninety minute audio dramas. Uh, and uh, it's it's basically if you if you're snowed in, if you you know if your plans go south, you know something happens, uh, you've got a movie lined up that you could just you could just hear and there it's an evening passed pretty pleasantly for you so what a great time to have and, and this this is kind of what uh instigated my whole thinking behind this block of audio entertainment that we're enjoying through the winter here was when i saw this and pre-ordered ah. it and I just thought, yeah this will be perfect for right now <laughs> yep well we were talking about the fact that due to the strike in Hollywood uh, with Greg David, that this year there wasn't those rolling out of these test shows and previewing them and saying, are we keeping this one thumbs up, thumbs down? Is a network going to you know, want to produce this as a series? So this is so timely that you've brought this up, that this you know comes to me because we were all saying, wouldn't it be cool to take pilots and be able just to watch what might have been like you say, Mike, what could have been or yes. what, what <laughs> and, and weigh in and say, you know, I like this. Why didn't you people ever do it? And there's always going to be people yeah. that feel that way. When we look at this here, how long, let's begin, are these audio dramas? That hour, hour and a half, you said? Yeah, we got about 90 minutes. They're usually divided into two parts. In fact, all of them are. See, you have seven full, uh, like, feature-length dramas, 90 minutes each. And uh, so that adds to about uh, 10 hours, uh, 10 and a half hours, roughly, Mm -hmm. of of drama. So that is uh, is just, wow, all for one credit. And, uh, yeah, you've got each of these are top-level actors, movie music, sound effects, 
the, the transitions are seamless. There, there's no, and now on BBC Radio 4 or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah, bang, no. from one part smoothly into the next. You don't even hear the break between. So wow. it varies smooth transitions between the uh, the parts. So, so what is, does what it just sound steel? to you like the actual audio of what would have been the movie just though creation of the audio or do you think they've been adjusted a bit obviously for an auditory audience i kind of think they would have had to at least adjust yeah, or, me or too. think about how to present it but basically you get the narration of the, the screenplay uh directions basically and you have sound and music nice. basically designed to sound like a movie of that era like mm. whatever era this the, the time the movie was going to be made in Okay. okay, so that was really neat. Okay, so tell us about the two that open up this collection. Uh, these are from Harold Pinter. Yes, Harold Pinter, and I've never heard of this fellow before. Uh, but awesome playwright. Did... I've seen a lot of a few of a few oh, of his cool. plays. So good work. Ah, oh, there we are. Well, he he did a couple that starts this collection off. One of them is Victory. It's the first one. It's based on a Joseph Conrad novel. He's always I've always found him a little sort of off-keel, kind of creepy in, in his writing in, in a weird way. Uh, so this one has Lena, uh, uh, basically a young musician, uh, goes to join an orchestra in a hotel, finds uh, that she's abused by the owner of the hotel. This is a, in an, an African country, so you know, far from home in England, and she has no one to turn to. This sailing uh, visitor heist uh, shows up, and a Swedish sailor basically lives a bit solitary, a bit strange, uh, offers her uh, an escape. Uh, there's an attraction between them. He says, why don't you come to me, to, uh, with me uh, to my island and live with me there? And she's like, okay. You know, Beats being abused where she was, right? So she goes with him. And uh, that's all fine and well. They start a life together. He's a bit strange, but she kind of copes. Uh, but the basically the owner of the hotel uh, is is not too thrilled and gets these three ruffian type characters to go after, uh, you know, to, uh, thinking that that this guy has a bunch of money and sort of convinces them that he, he they could rob him for this money that that it's not clear that he has at all, uh, and and so these ruffians are on the way to his island to uh, to make trouble and uh, what a it's it's a neatly done uh, screenplay that opens it up. Okay. Excellent, excellent. This is really cool. Uh, do you want to tell us about the Dreaming Child a little bit? Yeah, this is the other Harold Pinter uh, one, and this is a tragedy. Uh, it takes place in England in kind of the city, uh, right around the time when women's suffrage was happening and people were debating, should women have the right to vote, and all the changes in life kind of around that time that were taking place. And Jack has been raised in the slums. He's a kid. He's about seven years old, but he's taken by a rich family, he's always sort of understood that his parents lost him at a young age, just lost him. And he ends up in this kind of slum life. And now he's found by these people who, who are rich. They want an heir for the a shipping company that the, the husband has. And they basically adopt uh, him. And uh, it's a probationary period, but they never tell him he's on probation. They just kind of take him to live with him. And, uh, with with them rather in their rich house so all of a sudden his life completely changes and uh you know he's is basically in this house and uh you know living along and and now uh basically he's they're testing him they're they're seeing you know what he can do how smart he is all this stuff you know seeing what 
yeah, but they, they're kind of falling in love with him at the same time. And, uh, you know, he's, unfortunately, things uh, don't go quite as planned uh, and uh, things, uh, he's, they want to adopt him, uh, but he, he falls ill. So it's, it's uh, basically this, through his life, a whole bunch of the lives of the surrounding characters are kind of examined. And uh, nice. so it's a really neat kind of look at, at that time, that, that era in history. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the kind of personal impact between characters as well. Okay. Give us one more. Tell us about Hook. Hooked is, uh, the Hook is basically, it's a 1950s era uh, movie. And uh, basically it's, it's uh, uh, a fellow is, uh, Marty is, is in uh, the, uh, basically a, a, a longshoreman. It explores the lives of longshoremen as, as they are struggling to unionize and uh, better their lives because it's very it's a dangerous job it's the second most dangerous job and in this the the america uh, the u.s at that time and uh basically they're trying to unionize but people you know the criminals are uh trying to control things there's corruption uh and of course marty the lead character has got a hot temper he's getting him into a bit of trouble mm. you know he's a good <laughs> talker though good negotiator uh, and he's good at sort of making peace between angry people. So he wants to run and, and you know, better himself and, and be a union president. But, of course, the, the shady characters have their favorite candidate and, uh, you know, trouble ensues. So it's all about kind of how we can all sort of be with enough pushing, uh, cajoled into living dishonestly is kind of the idea behind it. It's very oh, kind wow. of gives that sense of, yeah, the, the pull of money, of greed, of of temptations, you know, that's wow, that longshoreman kind of tough feel like the old teamsters union stuff we used to hear exactly. years ago, Michael, really <laughs> interesting. Um, tell us why my, Alfred Hitchcock's the blind man, a high point in this collection for you. This is really neat. It's got Hugh Laurie as the blind man. He's a Larry oh. Keating is this, uh, he, the musician, blind musician, American goes on, uh, basically has his eyes, uh, donated by a dead man this this pair of eyes that will give him his sight he has to take drugs he, he kind of was scared to do this and he was pretty happy as a blind musician but you know he you knew he wanted to, to see so they get these eyes in and uh, he basically has to take drugs while they settle otherwise his body will reject him. the immune system will reject uh -huh. if you're not careful with that so while that's happening he's traveling they say where do you want to go and he goes to disney world and he sees this strange man and has a reaction, a visceral reaction. And the whole idea is that a blind man's eyes uh, of someone who has died, maybe they've seen his killer. Oh. Maybe they've seen what happened. And so this insurance detective is watching, seeing that, you know, something's going on. He thinks there's a scheme to, to get the life insurance of this, the, the person whose eyes have been donated to this musician. So he is now traveling with a nurse, Jenny, and they're kind of caught up in this, what's going on. And he wants to see justice done because he feels, you know, to beholden to the fellow who's given him his sight back, you know, and learning that he's been murdered. Uh, so the, it's, it's a plot to see what's going on. There's these, is the family responsible? Is you know, there's the daughter and the widow of this man. Is it, is it their idea to get the life insurance, or are they in danger by someone else trying to get? And they're on this ship. Most of it takes place on a cruise ship. They're going to Hawaii, and uh, I I don't want to spoil the climax of this. But boy, <laughs> it's the pacing. Everything yeah. is great. Nice. The acting hard to beat Hugh Laurie for an act, a yes. leading role. 
you know, wow. uh, instant that, that he's, it's usually Sarah that recognizes these people. But the moment I heard that gravelly voice, you know, mm. and it, oh, okay, Hugh Laurie, that's him, you know, but it was, yeah, we've, we've really been, uh, enjoying. And we, of course there are three more to go in this collection. We'll do, we'll do a discussion of, of that next week of part two of this. Okay. Uh, there's, there's so much, uh, packed into this collection of audio dramas. And you've given us the content, which all sounds very, uh, you know, diverse all over the place, but all very well done. Um, but because the same company is involved, Mike, I'm curious about the sound and music. Are they all similar throughout? Not really. It doesn't ever seem to repeat. I've listened for like elements and other than the narration style, which is having the screen directions uh, and kind of scene material serve as narration. There's, that's the only common thread. All these are totally different. They have different sound design, different music. I've never heard a repeated music piece or anything like that. Uh, different actors. So you've got seven different casts. Uh, you know, it's they're all their own things, but just put in this big collection. So that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I, my, Sorry, ahead, I'm just ahead. I'm just curious because I know that this is a very well made production. It's available on Audible. So I uh, was going to ask about the um, narration as well, the style. Yes, yes. So basically, what you have is it's almost like audio description, but it's the material is taken from the scenes, the notes of the screenplay. So you have screen directions and you know scene notes and opening we start in this hotel in africa and yada right like it's that style and then it cuts the narration just cuts off it'll give little details when necessary but mostly it's the sound the music the acting that carries it right as much as possible yeah so they use the narration kind of when it when it's really something that cannot be conveyed any other way auditorily uh, it's nice that it's the notes that. That's really cool. Yes. Yeah, it's handy it's, for it, us. It, it's a different flavor too. It's not like you get like if it was written straight up as an audio drama. Exactly. It, it has a different feel to it. It's technically a translation, but they're trying to keep a lot of that dramatic element of if it was a screenplay. That's what I'm getting at least. Um, yes. All, all right, Mike, looking forward to next week. We don't have time to preview what it is, but you do have three more in this collection, as you said. So uh, I'm excited yes. about your reviews. The first one is The Unquenchable Thirst of Dracula, which I oh, think I will enjoy. <laughs> that sounds like a, a fun one. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Mike. There's your uh, spring drink. Oh, my <laughs> oh, yes. Well, <laughs> for some of us, maybe. Um, Mike is going to be back next week with the review of the rest of this collection, Unmade Movies, which you can find uh, and purchase on Audible. We'll be back with him next Thursday, same time. After the break, we're talking about an original co proof copy of a Harry Potter book that was sold for a pretty penny. Of course it was. Jeff Ryman is going to tell us more on What in the World on Kelly and Romeo. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Romeo return with more in a moment. Tune into Kelly and Ramya. It's a nice Thursday afternoon here. If you're tuning in live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on AMI TV with Kelly McDonald and me, Ramya Amudin. Uh, we're also available on AMI Audio. 4 p.m. Eastern is the first airing of the show. And whenever you want to listen, you can just go to your favorite podcast platform, download the full show or the segment. Very easy for sharing. 
And um, that's uh, two hours of lots of different conversations, subjects being covered, guests and contributors on the show every weekday. Every other week, we flip through some quirky stories on Thursdays. Uh, standing in for Grant Hardy today is Jeff Ryman, our producer over on the program here. And he is pinch hitting for Grant. Welcome back, Jeff. I probably used the wrong term, but we'll get to that shortly. Why that might have been. We're speaking baseball, maybe something else like hockey in a bit. What do you got for us as we look at some of the items that might make us say, what in the world? Yes. Well, first of all, it's great to be back. Love doing this segment. And second of all, the first topic, Rum, this might be near and dear to your heart. I know how much you love Harry Potter. I heard you tease it before the break. Mm -hmm. um, and did you hear I'm the not grin? Sure if you guys... I just don't have like, the money I, to buy I, I, whatever I this was. I can hear this darn grin as it, it returns. It's like the way Corinne gets about uh, Taylor Swift. As soon as the, Taylor Swift, the grin just goes right out of the face. <laughs> I'm not Brock. I don't know what you're talking about. Not a Taylor Swift hater. No, no. Well, she's. Well, you guys just have that smile waiting for. Oh, you can right, hear Jeffy. the smile. Is is what you're? Oh yeah. Sure. Harry <laughs> Potter or Taylor Swift? Wall boom. Taylor Swift. Okay. Anyways, there's this book of Harry Potter. <laughs> you probably have heard of it. Um, but there is a proof copy. So this is like the copy before it got published, and there's probably notes in there saying, "Add this, don't add that." There's a spelling mistake here, stuff like that. Um, but it was auctioned off recently for a pretty good amount of money. Uh, now, this was auctioned off in uh, England. So this it sold for £11,000. But in, I guess, American dollars, it's around 14000 Canadian dollars, uh, just shy of 20 k I guess we can call it that, uh, which is you know pretty darn impressive considering that uh, the person paid 50 cents for this thing when, they, when it first... Uh, uh, came out what it was yeah i know how the um, heck did they so, even get a hold of it so that is what i'm wondering i don't know probably it someone's trash where no it, 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 i think it might have been a yard sale the, the, <laughs> yeah, it, the article does not the, the article doesn't go into it but it sounds like it was just either at a used bookstore or just on somebody's you know garage sale and for 50 cents, and it was a throw-in. Oh, and the article said uh, the seller who was not named pick up picked up the book um as a throw-in with other titles and didn't even really read it or pay much attention to oh it goodness. for a few years, and then just randomly stumbled across it again, probably when they were cleaning out their basement yeah. or yeah. their garage. Could have been one of those library closet. sales, you know, where you get rid of old right. they get rid of old stuff or stuff that's yeah. just not, you know, whatever. And boom, somebody just picked up they go people go in and buy a whole bunch. That's right. That's right. So it was probably like, hey, you want five bucks, you know, ten cents each, you know, fifty cents total, yeah. just to sort of yeah. add on. Um here's five more we're trying she, to get rid of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she didn't read it um, for a couple of years, then found out online that these books were really big and Googled that she had a basically an original copy of this thing. Nice. Uh, a proof wow. copy. Um, and saw that it was selling for quite a lot more than what she originally paid for. Uh, so that is really, really cool. And it always makes me think, like, what's in my closet? Like, whenever I'm 
purging stuff. You know, I'm kind of weary to throw out certain things. Clothes, you know, if it's ripped, whatever, get rid of it. But in your in your closet, like especially if things have been passed down from you from generations, you know, if your grandparents have have left you something mm. or if something's been passed down, like not like I would want to get rid of it really because that holds some sentimental value. But if you're just going through. Oh. And well, there's the right know, price lying. placed on it. Then Jeffy yeah, suddenly hands her here, take it. Hand it over. Maybe. Yeah, no, I check. don't think there are a couple of things that have been passed down that there's no chance that I'm going to be selling. But, you know, some people might, you know, Never might need say to. No, you know? But you kind of have to know that, right? Like some of these things that we talk about where people just found it and trashed it and it, it just switched hands or whatever, they have no idea what these things are. Like you mentioned, this person didn't even know. The, the potential yeah. value of something like this. They're like, oh, it's a scribbled in book. Who wants this? Well, yeah. And they yeah. barely knew they had it until you look at it and say, hey, and especially if they're like, like, I mean, a, a, a person who's not necessarily that familiar in any capacity or, right. or fixated and they're just saying, oh, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take I've got a grandkid that, or, a, you know, somebody like that or whatever it might be. And be... then you forget and look at it and say, what the heck is this? And why is it like this? And then you look. Wow. I know. And that's why we'd be so curious about the timeline of all of this um, Me too. passing yeah. down of this book, because now we know the phenomenon that is Harry Potter. But like, when did this book get into the did yard sale? Did you say 97, it, Jeff? That, it, was that bought in, it was bought in 97 in Philosopher's right. Stone. That's the first one. Is that mm -hmm. right, Rum? I think mm -hmm. that would probably be this book. Like, it probably wasn't published. It, it could have been. Um, also, was... Philosopher's Stone was the original iteration. Then it got changed to Sorcerer's Stone for the U.S. So there's a lot that happened with that first little yeah. bit with the uh, Harry Potter writing, I guess. Yeah, so mm -hmm. this was like, you know, if the person bought it in 97, and yeah, I just quickly Google it. The first one did come out in 1990. It was published in 1997. So How the heck did uh, the original that, get out there? Yeah, the original that, book copy. That's mm -hmm. impressive. Uh, I'm surprised, you know, I'm... $13,000 is a lot. I kind of was expecting maybe a little bit more. Me too. Um, Harry Potter is Me one too. of those like cult yeah. followings, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, like those things can fetch a pretty penny uh, depending on. There, on there may be more floating around though. That's why. Potentially. And you know what the yeah, other maybe. thing is? Once they find out if there's some interesting uh piece in there that isn't available to the general public like some editor's notes or whatever mm -hmm. uh, then it might go for more later you don't even know yeah. I would imagine they would know in this version I would imagine there's other ones out there that might you know and that might bring the value down or just the person got excited sold it thinking and again rum yeah. that's somebody who doesn't yeah. maybe have the value you it, or somebody who's into it would was a quick google you know, search it also doesn't say like what condition this book was in. You know, it could it could have oh, you know the, the paper. It, it there pretty, could be pages missing. Um, you know, could it, be dog ears. So, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. It, it it could have water damage, whatever. Um, but still, thirteen thousand dollars off uh, of yeah. a fifty cent buy as a throw in. You know, I will take that yes. any day of the yep. week. Well, and um, a, guys, a, I a good person wants to pass that on to somebody that really would appreciate and yeah. take care of that. Like that's a lot of work, you yeah. know, unless that's what you do. I'm sure that somebody, whoever bought this, is maybe going to refurbish it, put it in a frame. Like, clearly, if you're spending $13,000 on something, uh, you know, you're probably going to take really, really good care uh, of it. It's not going to go back into the closet or something. So uh, it's probably uh, already been sold for $18,000. Maybe. 
who knows Maybe you never know it. you never know you never That's know cool. but this this was an auction in 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 great britain so who knows maybe somebody found somebody online that would be willing to pay more you you have no idea i guess the possibilities are endless there kells uh i, I didn't want to touch on the the wayne gretzky card I, I i don't really want to spend much time on it um i know you guys talk about it especially you rum the other day but it's just it, it this is something that you know is sort of a segue into this because the thirteen thousand dollars spent for harry potter i mean the wayne gretzky card for 3.7 million dollars uh really impressive and considering the person bought it and there could be up to 25 cards in there uh in mint condition um really really impressive um and i'm a hockey card collector and i, I do have some things that uh, I haven't opened actually just over my shoulder here. Uh, if you can see in the background, it's really hard to see, but I do have a couple of unopened uh, tins of hockey cards that aren't old. They're probably about five or 10 years old, but every year I go out and, and buy some and sometimes I open them. Sometimes I don't. Um, in this case, I haven't. So there could be a hidden gem in there. Although I don't think hockey cards are as valuable nowadays as they once were. Um, but yeah, that depends on what you're looking for, though, for right? That. Like these, this family who who uh, had and didn't open and sold their collection, just the potential of these Gretzky rookie cards from '79. That's what it was, right? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Is is what skyrocketed the value. Like I think that that in itself yeah. is wild. You know, as yeah. as collectors, yeah. as people who are out there seeking, out there willing to wager and and hope. But like just based on that hope, they're willing to fork out all this money. Like yeah, my goodness, it, it it'll probably pay off. To be honest, because oh, that's obviously yeah. Wayne Gretzky's rookie year. You, even you if the you math. don't, was, right? Even if you don't get all was, twenty, whatever. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was twenty-one NHL teams. It was an expansion year. There's probably just over five hundred players. You know, ten thousand, eleven thousand cards. You do the math. There's probably close to twenty, or there could be yeah. twenty. There could be more. There could yeah. be zero. You more have no potential idea. for more auctions. Well, I, I know in, in mine back then when I had that, I had that card in '79, and I and I know it was sold later <sighs> for a lot you knew more. You opened it. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that's what I mean. I didn't know anything, and that's why my dad said he didn't really take it. Through. I had a Bobby Hall card, but in that collection, all sorts of stuff back then when I was wow. when I was like eight years old. That oh, is really impressive. Too bad he didn't yeah. hang on to it. When you start <laughs> hearing and, about um But we I played with them too. So I, you know, looking yeah, at them, putting them up purpose. to my eye, bending them. So they you know, but they still when I when my dad I got them for like three dollars. The kid who had the collection of mine sold them for two hundred and fifty like in nineteen eighty. Like like yeah. so there you go. Just a couple They're years later. Worth it, something. Yeah. 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 And and two hundred and fifty dollars in nineteen eighty two or whatever, you know, would be and based, based on Gretzky. Based on Gretzky <laughs> mainly. Yeah. That's impressive. Because I want to squeeze yeah. this last one in because it's kind of funny. I feel like we've talked about it potentially before on the show. Um, but uh, the Florida Man Games. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever Googled Florida, Florida Man. Man. Yeah. Um, yes, you know, it, yes. It, it's kind of become one of those memes, oh, um, one of those things you just do just for fun. Um, but now it's a, a legitimate thing. And I think I could do really, really well in this. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. it's a showdown <laughs> that treats evading police and wrestling over beer like they're Olympic sports. <laughs> the Florida Man Games made its debut last Saturday in Florida, of course, with uh, a dozen teams. A dozen teams competed in wow. this. Uh, inspired cow. by some of Florida's most harrowing and hilarious headlines. Uh, events included wolfing down barbecue pork. There you go, Kells. You could do that. Uh, sausage, obviously, that's pretty easy. Uh, dueling in muddy water, an inflatable pool. Uh, 
my pass on that. And plummet uh, <laughs> and pummeling each other with weapons made from pool noodles. Uh, others, other events, uh, events this involved. This is ridiculous. Are running from actual sheriffs, obviously within the law, uh, and uh, consuming a lot of beer and sumo wrestling. So that sounds like it's right down my alley. Yours and Bill Shackleton. He brought this to yeah. us a while back, like yeah. like and when it was proposed and all that, and was just overjoyed, Jeffy, for yeah. it. He well, looked forward to it. Only in Florida gonna... can you tiptoe the line between lawful and unlawful. That's right. It's get, the law, it and get the law involved call it a, exactly, in it. and call it and a competition win. and get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and win stuff. I don't know what they won, but I'm you know I'm gonna look at the what, application what forms and see if we can get an AMI team because I know Kelly, you'd be uh, in. I'm in. I think you have to be a Florida resident. Um, <laughs> you I might pass. Bruised by the wet noodles. But don't worry, Holy I will cow. be the one creating all the memes around this. We can so. get can around all of that, Rob. Oh. Uh, don't worry about uh, it. Uh, all that hot sausages and all that spicy stuff. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Appreciate it, Later, Jeffy. Guys. Go get yourself in shape. I am. I'm going to go have a beer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> producer Jeff Ryman with What in the World. We do, uh, we, we visit with Fern Lullum every other Thursday opposite What in the World. I can't believe the one thing he poo-pooed was the inflatable pool out of that list. Yeah, of me too. Oh, do that. He's all right with the muddy water. <laughs> and with the sheriff chasing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, after the break, we're going to get into the bus. Who knows what kind of stuff Grant Hardy is going to bring. One of them, though, is about changes coming to takeout orders in Toronto. Good changes? Highly doubt it. We'll be right back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Welcome back. We are almost at the end of hour one of Kelly and Rumia. We have a good time here. Just came out of What in the World with Jeff Ryman. Make sure to check that conversation back on your favorite podcast platform. Talking about auctions and money spent on collections, which none of us have, but we like to talk about other people's collections. It's much more interesting. Have you ever thought of having a collection? No, I can't. I can't. Do you hear no, how much people I, are I spending on collections? It's the care, Rum. It's the care of it to make it worth what people spend to buy it from you later. Because well, you, you see, that's the way your mind would be more uh, of the, I'm going to keep this, and at some point when the value is it, this, somebody will buy this. Somebody, but, but it's imagine, you know how Jeff is talking about passing down things or treasuring things that others have passed down to you? Imagine passing down a beautifully curated Harry Potter collection that I spent millions and millions of uh actual dollars on and then my kid or whoever next person who gets it says eh, harry potter not really a fan and just kind well, of I'm gonna sell it to somebody who is and that's how i use it, my maybe, conscience or doesn't understand the value and just kind of neglects it Heart oh they'll understand the value trust me because they'll be pocketing it and using it to buy other things <laughs> says, gives it to value want. village no 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 They'll understand the value of it when they're selling it to somebody who actually knows what, how yeah, much to pay and what they, to as the you say, see online. Say that to the person who bought this thing for 50 cents that or whatever. That doesn't matter. Why would you ever give it to some? You should know what knucklehead you're giving it to. Knucklehead and make it not, not worth selling it to them. It may not be my oh, capacity. I know. It's ah, so my kid. My and kid's hence, so responsible. Sure. Hence, I don't start collections for this reason. 
Grant Hardy is joining us for uh, The Buzz, and he's filling in for Beth, who was filling in for Bill Shackleton. We like saying it just so we can keep track. Grant, how's it going? Hey, folks. Welcome back to the... Welcome back to the Telephone Buzz. buzz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> telephone game of buzz. Exactly. So are you starting the off, uh, or where do you want to start off? Yeah, let's start out with some news from the food industry. There are some changes coming to Toronto with regard to takeout orders. I'd imagine that these are going to be rolling out across the country at some point because a lot of single-use plastic items, including plastic straws, have actually been banned for both import mm -hmm. and production in Canada. Um, but starting Friday, uh, tomorrow rather, there are going to be some, some more changes. Businesses are no longer going to provide single-use items automatically. Instead, they will have to ask the customers if you would like those items. You can also ask uh, if you would like those items, and you Which can get them. Which is the way we're going to have to do it, because most of these places now don't even give you napkins. Correct, exactly. Yeah. And you can get the items yourself from self-service stations as well this actually also applies to paper bags incidentally um oh. now apparently there are not uh, bans on uh single-use cups yet that hasn't been banned although businesses are required to allow you to bring in a reusable cup as long as the cup is quote suitable to be used as a beverage cup, meaning that it's visually visibly clean and of quote sound construction um, <laughs> mm -hmm. so that's kind of interesting i don't know if you guys have ever watched corner gas but there's the whole scene where they bring in like the like this huge like bucket where that to like a free <laughs> refill station refill? and yeah you know. <laughs> um, but yeah these items include utensils straws stir sticks uh Bill plugs, napkins, condiment packets, cup sleeves, cup trays, uh, a bunch of other stuff. Interesting on a few different levels. Uh, on the one hand, um, absolutely. I mean, why give out single-use items when they're not needed? On the other hand, um, because I believe there are actually some fines here as well, I would imagine that this might impact some vulnerable employees a little more who are dealing with like on the one hand perhaps some barriers to employment communication on another hand sort of wrathful customers who are like you can't even give me ketchup i mean i guess then they could because the customer asked um and just sort of some more difficulty with red tape getting through the orders and in some respects it can affect vulnerable customers as well because not just For having sure. those items at hand can make it a little bit difficult but ultimately uh it's cool that they're working on protecting the environment mm. well I, I want the toronto person here to weigh in on this for a moment but my viewpoint <laughs> number one is the old one here it used to be that way you you didn't just mm. get handed your ketchup and, and right. all that. you asked for your straws you're now because the assumption was we put it in a bag you take it you know if you need then came the stations that you're talking about because a lot of that used to be right on the counter and i guess they got bothered of people breathing and topping and spilling so they put them on the little stand in a lot of case still a, a lot of counter of course but I, my concern is obviously, like you said grant those vulnerable people the bag thing really alarms me because number one a lot of times they don't put the stuff in there and we're going to have to go back to where we are asking 
for the things because that used to be the conscious thing. Even if the things were reusable, if you didn't need fork or didn't need a, a straw, why would they give you one? You asked for, I need a few mm. napkins, I need a couple of straw, and you were those were put in your bag back in the day. I worry about the no bag things because I think about people walking around and more litter and more litter that's dangerous to our urban creatures, not only that attracting them, but a lot of animals putting their heads in cups and stuff like that and getting stuck and dying. Um, this has become a real serious problem in a lot of places when people are throwing cups and stuff away. Yeah, I'm Rum. kind of... Go ahead, Grant. No, go ahead, Grant, yeah, go ahead. I'm kind of uh, curious about this. Like, this is some ignorance on my part, but paper bags they're compostable or some kind of compostable mm -hmm. bag is that really a huge problem maybe it is i'm not sure but... it can be it can yeah, be because yeah. i think for toronto like our recycling um in the city you can recycle paper bags but there are a lot of elements you have to consider like if it's yeah, soiled it if it's clean, messed up if it's it. exactly right, then you right, can't right. then it goes straight into the garbage and honestly yeah. that's like a whole different side tangent because you know recycle so much of what we uh, try to recycle, it ends up not being recycled because we're so not doing a, lot a good of work. job. We don't yeah. know how to do it. We don't yeah. know the rules. Yeah. We don't pay attention. And we're just tossing everything we think is recyclables into recycling. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate, Kels, what you kind of just laid out, which is the... Um, you know trajectory of where it's come to and where it used to be right because now we can complain and say how dare you not give me all these things by default but yeah there was a time when that wasn't even a thing you had to ask for it anyways it makes the most sense to ask for what you need uh especially when it comes to things like uber eats right now you get the notes saying um you know, if you don't you specify, yeah, we're not going to give oh. you utensils. We're not going to give you this and that. And sure, even yeah. how many of us pay attention to that note, blaring note in front of us right before checkout where they tell you last possible moment before checkout, by the way, we're not going to give you utensils unless you specify. And then we don't get the utensils and complain thinking, what? I needed a fork. But... Um, I, I really do think, you know, both of you have pointed out some interesting things and we need to be more conscientious, but really it's just get a grip. We need to make these changes. Yep. I, I think I, I, th I think so, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One thing that really intrigues me actually is, dare I say this when we have some very creative foodies who come on the show, I, I like the idea of food being a very consistent thing, like consistent rather than creative so like you know sometimes you go to the restaurant you're like oh this person was more generous than this last person with you know the, the toppings and stuff right. or the, the ketchup i kind of like everything being 100 percent consistent so going in there and saying i would like three ketchups and you know one of these and none of anything else that actually kind of appeals to me i sort of dig that kelly go ahead I just wanted to say the one thing that I am wondering about is the reusable cups or or what, how far that spreads because like bringing in your own now, cups. Yeah, because who's going to say to you this is a filthy cup or it's we're not putting our beverage in yeah. because they do have to keep in mind Quite depending what they're putting in it. Well, and also what are you going to do next? Come back and say that well I got sick from the coffee you gave me yesterday. Well, and they're going to say well your cup was filthy, so no yeah. wonder we don't know what oh, was really in there. Point. But that will become a concern because they don't know that you're not mixing other things. They don't know where your cup's been. It could truly be. 
in, you know, and they don't want to handle that or they want to look at it. What do you want them to do? Well, and wash it out. Look, why didn't you come here with a clean cup? Well, I want a coffee. So I worry about those kinds of battles and those concerns that the store may have in making them say, look, we don't want to take these cups. Sorry. We said and that that's about them. Grocery stores as well, right? Not grocery yes. stores, like prepared yeah. food sections of uh, stores, mm -hmm. and right. where they some of them were trying to experiment with this kind of thing, like bring your own Tupperware, Using your own yeah. cup, cup or, or cup or bowl yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, there's going to be someone you, out there that ruins because it. that is the bigger concern now. Years ago, if you took it home, got sick because you brought in your filthy old or left it out or whatever. It, people have gone and sued after they've taken something home, left it out on the table, yeah. eaten it later, and it's already got it's salmonella, too easy. and they've gotten sick. It's, it's too easy. Yeah, it's gone too, too easy for that kind of thing to happen nowadays. Yeah. That's a very But then you mess over the people who truly yes. some, did get something bad. And the bad, bigger so. picture impact of making these changes as well. Yeah. All right, Grant. You know what? Great idea, Kelly. I could use some extra income, so this could be a I good know. Story. Grant's going later <laughs> on. Why is, that Grant, the, why is that Grant guy in the parking lot getting, you know, <laughs> like, like, a bottomless you cup? poisoned me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, crap. Now we have a record of my scheme, though. Um, yeah. All right. Damn. Really? <laughs> really quickly, there's a survey from Remax Canada that came out. Now, obviously, traditionally, people buy homes either on their own or with a spouse or a partner. But according to fi findings uh, published within the last week or so, some 32% of respondents from the survey, uh, which is uh, up from previous numbers, are, I, th I think, around 13%, are considering non-traditional ways of purchasing a home. So it might actually be sort of a communal um, ownership uh, arrangement with other people or possibly with more uh, additional family members, uh, rent-to-own models, uh, or just making sure that there's a part of the home that you can rent out. Good luck in Vancouver or Toronto with that, but it's an interesting strategy. Uh, so essentially they are saying, I mean, it's Remax, so of course they're saying this, that the home is still one of the best investments you can make. But as home ownership uh, is becoming a little bit more difficult, much more difficult, in fact, and there's a crisis, people are exploring alternative ways to get into the housing market. Um, curious about your thoughts. I mean, it's hard to lose that dream of having a big house and a big yard. And in North America, we've been very comfortable, maybe a little greedy with our space, but it's definitely hard to think of giving that up. Hard to think of giving that up. Also hard to think of how to manage and kind of um, regulate all these different ways of buying. Right now, there's this kind of process that you know you have to go through, right? You apply for a mortgage or pre-mortgage approval or whatever. These, this and this are the documentations that are required of you. Now, when you think of rent to own, when you think of people who aren't related um, buying together, you know, guarantors and all this other stuff, I think that does make the actual system and process more complicated, Grant, and I'm curious about how we're going to yeah. move that way. I totally agree i remember listening to like a tv court show uh, just really quick and someone had sold a house with the agreement that like oh but i need to be able to use this house once a year as the yep. previous owner for vacation turned out to be a mess stuff like this just yep. seems very very messy brutal and then people buy and they rent out because they need the extra income all kinds of stuff but you're right though the dream is feeling very far away thank you ciao for now
Catch you later. Grant Hardy joining us on The Buzz. And we do have The Buzz no matter who fills in Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays to cap up the first hour of Kelly and Ramya. In the second hour of the show today, we've got Bean Gill joining us for our weekly roundtable. She's a fearless and unfiltered leader of the uh, Wheelie Peeps. And we want to talk to her more about Push Season 2. Also, community reporter Julie Martin is joining us talking about libraries in Nova Scotia, creating more accessibility and asking for more grant money. And after the break, Mary Mamaliti is telling us how we can shop better at Costco. We'll be right back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. We've made it to hour two of Kelly and Remia. Thanks for joining us. It's February 29th, and we hope you're enjoying your um, birthday, if you were born today, and or the limbo that the rest of us are feeling about it being kind of a day here, kind of a day there. Kelly McDonald, Remia Amuthan, we are here with you every weekday for Kelly and Remia. 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time is when we're live on AMI-audio. Because it's hour two, let's get into cooking with Mary Mamaliti. If you're like me, the kitchen is your favorite room in the house. I'm Mary Mamaliti, here with a handful of goodies from my kitchen, including food trends, cooking tips, and of course, some delicious recipes. Mary, do you know anyone or are wishing anyone a happy birthday who was born on leap year? I, I do, my aunt, one of my aunts. It's her birthday today. There you go. Happy birthday to your aunt. You guys making a cake for her or anything like that? I believe they are, yeah. Uh, oh, not yeah. her. You're not making the so, cake. So does she... I'm not making uh, the cake, no. To your knowledge, does she pretend to be like one quarter of the age that she is? No, she doesn't. No, but no. if it were me, I definitely would. I'd play that yeah. card off. Then you'd I only get a quarter honesty. of a cake, you know? I feel like yeah. gay oh, gifts no, would be that kind so of stuff. fun Ooh. for people yeah. born Feb 29. <laughs> not this fun is just for a kid-sized piece. You don't me. need this. Yeah. You're only 12. Exactly. Get out of here. I'm not. <laughs> Got to capitalize, you know? Um, I'd want the party hat every year. Exactly, exactly. Oh, Mary. Mary, this is well, a... every every leap year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a good conversation we're about to have about wholesale shopping because uh, Costco, you know, it's on our minds maybe when we're renewing annual memberships, maybe if we're considering purchasing an annual membership. But for some mm -hmm. of us, it's the giant, the grocery giant that we trust, Costco, um, especially because now everything costs an obscene amount of money and we're thinking, how do we save here? How do we save there? But here's the thing. A lot of us are talking about if it's whether or not it's justifiable to get a Costco membership, especially if it's just you living alone or you and your partner. Um, it's very much about bulk buying and we're here to ask you the question, if it's worth it, number one, is it worth it to spend the money on a Costco membership? Well, Despite its reputation for bulk buys, Costco's got some grocery items that are really perfect for small-scale dining, right? So the items that I'm sharing today, they might just convince you. I Not might. I believe they will convince you that Costco's membership is the real deal, even if you're shopping for one or two people. All right. Right? Convince yeah. us. Yeah. 
And I do want to mention, so full disclosure, I used an online shopping app to compare the products and the prices for today. However, it's worth noting that prices in the app, they, they will vary slightly um, when, from when you're shopping in store. Okay. But Costco, honestly, will always be the better deal when it comes to these six items. Okay. 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 Wow. So number Even one. Even there, when you say, uh, yeah. like, if we look at a lot on apps are going to be generally the store how can I put this? Costco, of course, since you're doing the wholesale thing, a, a lot of time there's more. So you take that into account when you look at the fact that you may, it may be something more for four people versus one or two serving or use. Right. One or I, two people use. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why when it comes to Costco, like you said, it is bulk. Um, yeah. But these items here all explain ways on how to store them to extend the life of it and why they are such good buys, regardless awesome. of the size of your family. Okay. All right. So first one I want to start with um, is one of my favorites because I love carbs, baked goods. <laughs> so like yeah. bread, it can easily, right? It can easily be frozen. Yeah. So even in bulk, they won't go to waste. You can toss one loaf in the fridge right when you're using it the second you get home, right? Because that'll extend the life of it. And then the other one, toss it into the freezer, right? So a pack of three loaves of Country Harvest 14 grains bread, it usually costs around $8.79 at Costco, which is definitely a steal because oh, there yeah. are three loaves there, right? Yeah. I compared that to other grocery stores. And they range from $4.03 at Walmart for one loaf and $5.09 one loaf at Loblaws. Okay, yeah. So you can already see a savings there. You're getting three loaves for $8.79. And bread freezes so well. Yes. Um, right? It really does. Next one I want to mention, cheese. Costco has the best prices, in my opinion, for cheese. So let's compare. I took Havarti cheese slices for about 200 gram pack at no frills, it costs about $6. And at Costco, it's a 620 gram pack for $12.59. So in order to do the comparison, I broke it down even further. That Costco pack, it works out to be about $2.03 for 100 grams. So now wow. breaking it down even further, right? Let's compare mm -hmm. it. 200 grams of sliced cheese, at Costco would equal $4.06 compared to a 200 gram package at no frills for $6. So there's a huge savings right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. On cheese alone. Hey, now it's amazing saying, when you think about right? that, like that's incredible. It blows your mind. Right. Because you're probably thinking also, how am I ever going to finish all this cheese before the expiration right. date? Right. right? Yeah. Especially if we're for one, sure. two people. Right. Yeah. And these are all items that are on my grocery list. Frank and I are two people. And what I do is you you're probably right. You may not finish the entire six hundred and what did I say? Six hundred and twenty grams yeah. of mm. uh, of cheese. But what you can do is, again, freeze it. Mm -hmm. I you can freeze cheese, freeze Cheese freezes beautifully, and I know I've mentioned this before, but even sliced cheese, wrap cheese tightly in a plastic wrap. Seal it in a freezer-friendly resealable bag, toss it into the freezer, and then whenever you need cheese, take it out of the freezer, let it defrost overnight in the fridge, or keep it for two and a half hours, around two and a half hours on the countertop. Yeah. 
It defrosts beautifully. It defrosts nicely, yeah. too. Agreed. And I think people yeah. have a problem with the whole freezing thing. It's still this mentality of, well, it's going to change the taste, or it's going to do this, no. or it makes it... It's ridiculous what we have. We forget, and, and it, this is why this exists. This is what it's for. And these items are just fantastic when you think about it and how your savings can be with something. You can freeze it. It's going to taste the same. Oh, it won't! You yeah. don't know that. And when I you think know, about it, my not. parents did this all the time. Mm -hmm. They would freeze things. They would buy things when they were on sale to save money. We lost that somewhere along the line. Absolutely. Along the road. Because we started singing fresh, fresh. You only want to eat fresh. You only want to eat. And people forget. Yeah, but it's still the same item. And it is fresh. Just freeze it, though. The fresh is, as they used to say, sealed in. Remember that, Mary? The old commercials? Freeze it. It's sealed in. Yes. Freshness. And it is. Mm -hmm. And it is. So I highly recommend utilizing your freezer. For a lot of these yep. things. Okay. Hey, what else, Mayor? Hands down. Yes. Has the best prices, right? When it yep. comes to nuts. Um, no other grocery store, they have ever, no other has ever matched its prices. So I am confident when I say that this one is a steal. So for a three-pound bag of whole raw almonds at Costco, you should expect to pay around $14.29. So that breaks down to $1.05 per 100 grams. At other grocers, the same amount of raw almonds, they can be anywhere from $2.50 per 100 gram and up. No. So Costco oh, is definitely. No. And again, uh, yeah. freezing your nuts. Like it's all about storage, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Okay. Very Absolutely. Much so. I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I put the bag in the freezer, and then when I need some, I just go in, take a bunch, put it in a bowl, put it in a container, and they defrost so quickly, and they're delicious. Next, I want to mention the topic, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether you should or shouldn't. But the so talking that about, what you yeah. use it for, right? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, if you, This might you know, be the one thing that fine. I hesitate about. Well, whatever. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, yep. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not going to talk about freezing milk because I can't. We That's a whole, like that's I said, we need a whole segment. I'm going to talk about drinking milk, baking for cereal. Costco, they have some of the lowest prices. So Costco has, I compared Natrell 2% lactose-free milk, 69 cents. Now I use this one because this is the one that I buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I buy the lactose-free. Other grocers, they have the exact same product. So Walmart and No Frills. $6.72 for the exact same size, two-liter container. So you can see the savings there already. And with lactose-free oh milk, it is much longer than other milks. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, but that's not... So it yeah. will last you quite a while. Chicken. If you haven't discovered rotisserie chicken at where you want to go, and I know that preparing your own food at home, it's usually more affordable than purchasing prepared food, but... Costco's rotisserie chicken, this is an exception to the rule because it is easy to remove the chicken from the bones. Uh, It makes multiple meals. And then when shopping in store, this is what I want you to do. Listen for that bell. If you hear that bell, you know that Ah, chicken's up. Right? It's ready to go. People say it's the best. Lineups. It is. It is. And the price, you can't match that price anywhere. Um, that's why there's always a lineup to get these chi- this this rotisserie chicken, <laughs> honestly. And when you hear the bell, you will people are scrambling, carts are banging to get to this chicken. <laughs> no wonder we spent all day at Costco. I thought it was for the samples. It's for the rotisserie chicken. <laughs> Move over samples. Rotisserie chicken is here to stay. <laughs> okay. 
So Unreal. the seasoned chicken, rotisserie chicken, is $8.79 at Costco, compared to a whopping $14.59 at other grocery stores. Oh yes. There's one last one I want to mention. It's butter. Because this is another hot topic. People, I mean, I've read articles of people stealing butter. Um, th this is because it's so expensive. I went to jail for a stick of butter. I would not <laughs> be surprised. Can you, right? What are you in for? I stole butter. Yeah. Um, I stole a stick these of butter. Days, butter. You can definitely tell. Uh huh. But it's true. It's a thing because groceries is just so, so expensive, and butter is one of them. So Costco is definitely the place to shop for butter. One 454-gram package of Natrell unsalted butter is $6.09 at Costco. The same is priced at another whopping $8.99 at other grocery stores. Unbelievable. I, I, I mean, I was shocked. Stock up, use them now, save them for later, pop them into the freezer. There's that freezer again. Use your freezer. Um, and that's when you always have butter on hand. So when you do run out, you're not going to run to the corner store to get some butter and then spend twice the amount. You'll have it in the freezer ready to go. Yeah. And you can still go have that savings. A, go into some restaurant and ask for some takeout butter. Just put them aside, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> can I get them? you got to ask for everything. <laughs> That's not enough, eh, man? Thanks, Mayor. We're going to get in so Thank much you. trouble. They're just trying to save the planet, guys. Mary, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Mary Mammoliti uh, joins us every week on Thursdays for all kinds of cooking conversations. You can also, for the latest recipes, cooking tips, and culinary interviews, visit kitchenconfession.com. You can also find the Kitchen Confession uh, podcast on your favorite podcast platform. After the break, we have a bonus community report today with Julie Martin. She's going to tell us the latest on what's going on in Pictou County, Nova Scotia. And uh, we have a lot of accessibility and library conversations lined up there. We'll be right back. It's Kelly and Ramia. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. A lot going on in our program today, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for being with us. Kelly and Rumya. And folks, for those of you celebrating a every four-year birthday, I always think there's got to be those people who are not really birthday people who absolutely love the leap day because they can just, you know, yeah, all the attention bestowed upon them, which probably is a lot because everybody's used to doing it every year for everybody else. You know, it kind of gets humdrum, tired. But for people on a leap year, you're just sort of like, wow, we don't get to spoil you like this. And if you're someone who hates birthdays, it's just enough. Now, unfortunately, if you were born on a leap year and you like birthdays, I know you're working it and having a great time either on the 1st of March or on February 28th, making sure every year it gets worked in. And, you know, just telling the story, you know, I, I am a leap year baby. You had a brother like mine, he'd say, well, you know, man, I'll catch you on your birthday for with a gift. Yeah, but but it is my birthday. No, 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 your birthday's in three years. I'll catch you then. Ladies and gentlemen, we get an opportunity Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays at the uh, beginning of our first hour to visit with our community reporters. However, sometimes we got to move people around, and our next community reporter what we got up today on a Thursday. We unfortunately had to, had to miss her segment last week week, I think it was, Julie. Welcome back to the program as we settle in with Julie Martin, our community reporter from Pictou County, Nova Scotia. Uh, Julie, hope everything's well. Everything is really well. How are you, Kelly? 
Oh, I feel great. And here I've got a boast. I mean, we've got a beautiful sunny day. It's cold, but they say once again, the warmth is coming our way versus all that snow you guys have t stolen from all of us uh, here for, for your winter. We have so much snow and we still have a lot of snow. It's crazy wow. out there. How do, what do they do uh, with it, Julie? What, like, what's the really plan? You forgot something really important about leap year, Kelly. Oh, what's that, Julie? This is the one day of the year when I was growing up that ladies were allowed to, it was acceptable for us to propose marriage to oh, our... right! Yeah. Did you yes, receive yes, any yes. marriage proposals today, Kelly? No, no, I've been good. How about you, Julie? <laughs> oh, I'm already married, honey. I know you'd get in trouble if anyone, you know, is like, hey, yeah. oh my yeah. goodness, I I forgot about that. that. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Um, have you ever known anyone who, who had taken advantage of that and, and did the proposal? No, I don't. I don't actually. No, yeah. not personally. But it's a pretty cool thing back in the day. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's really cool. Good That's tradition. and that is that is an old tradition. Uh, look, we is. were just talking about food with Mary. You're going to take this in a different direction. Growing your own food on a budget. Interesting. Yes. This is one of the amazing programs that the library is initiating this month. So um, it's at the Westville Library. Um, help me with the date, Kelly, March 15th. March 15th. Oh, uh, sorry. Yes, let me see on the 15th. Um, yeah, at 1.30 p.m. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, again, growing your own food on a budget. So even if you don't have the space to do a full-on vegetable garden, you can do microgreens in your, on your windowsill. You can do it on your balcony. Yeah. You can put plant pots on your deck, whatever you have. Um, and right now, with the way that food is, it's healthier and it's less expensive or much better. Um, so um, I would suggest you can contact Westville Direct or you can call headquarters at um, 902-755-6031 to register for any program with the Picto Antigonish Regional Library. That's amazing. I love the idea of it and because so many of us are struggling, so many of us are getting frustrated. And this is a twofold thing, Julie, because not only do you maybe think that you can find a way to save a little bit of money, but you get to mess around and do something that is a lot of fun, taking care and, and you know, creating your own <laughs> your, your own menu almost in certain ways and saying, hey, you know, I want to do this. Um, we're going to continue on the same theme is somewhat in the way of making your own, you know, DIY cleaners. This is another yes. one interesting that I know through the pandemic, we'd hear a lot about people trying to find those substitutes when we couldn't find things. Yes, and not only when we can't find things, but, you know, people have allergies, like certain contact um, dermatitis with certain um, chemicals and products, and we don't all want to be breathing in the yeah. chemicals that are included in, in cleaning products. Is it? So this is a perfect way to make inexpensive home um, products that are not only environmentally friendly, but friendly for those of us that are using them and we're breathing in these chemicals. 
So this is, again, another fabulous program that Skeleton Library is putting on. And again, to register for that, it's 902-755-6039. Uh, um, and um, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, Julie, it's Ramya. Oh, hey. I'm back. Hi. Um, I Hi. just wanted to say, like, it's becoming more of a topic of conversation now, right? Having, uh, yes. you know, less toxic or more DIY cleaning options around and available for yeah. you. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were discussing um, since the, the pandemic I... because so many people needed to find a way to, mm. to, 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 to repurpose. Go ahead about your friend, Jewel. Yeah. Um, no, I personally make um, dryer balls out of pure wool, and they're quite oh. expensive if you buy them from the farmer's market, but yeah. I buy a ball of wool or, or a skin of wool, uh -huh. and I I can get um, 10 balls, 10 dryer balls out of one skin that costs me $10. Mm. And That's I wild. give them away as gifts because it, you're not using the chemicals of dryer sheets and it really does dry your clothes quicker. So you're using less power as well. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. not That's just really the environment. It's, yeah, yeah it's all yeah. around energy saving for sure. When it comes to like um, washers and dryers too, you're also talking about protecting the machines from some of these things. I read an article about yeah. what these dryer sheets do to your actual dryers and it's pretty horrendous. It is. It's crazy when you start delving into all these things mm. that the adverse effects that things like that can have. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but I really want to talk about, um, those are just two programs um, out of the 120-plus programs available in Antigonish and Pictou County um, libraries um, for March. And we have a fund right now, or sorry, the Nova Scotia government is funding a library development plan, and it's through the community of, sorry, the Department of Community, Culture, Heritage, and Tourism. And I heard this morning in Coffee Time, Newfoundland Coffee Time with Dion, that they were told that Newfoundland just received from their government $600,000 to ensure that their libraries wow. are accessible um, with equipment and their space. And I know that um, New Brunswick is doing the same and Prince Edward Island is doing the same. And it's mm -hmm. my understanding that it's right across the country. This is going with the libraries. So they are providing Daisy Players and Envoy Connects and Victorita Streams. And on Monday, we did a full day pottery workshop that was funded through this grant. Nice. Um, I've applied I, I for funding it. to do a dance um, workshop, or like a month of dance lessons for the people with sight loss. So the money is there, guys. The funding through the government is there. Go talk to your library headquarters. Let them know what you would like to see program-wise for accessibility and programs for people with sight loss. And if you need any help, please get a hold of me. I'd be more than willing to put you in contact with the right person in your province or let you know what 
programs are working in our ideas for you to get ideas from, or in our community, sorry, for you to get the ideas from. Anything I can do to help, please get a hold of me through AMI. I, I'm more than happy to help. It's interesting because so many of these, um, what you just said in the way of the amount of money, obviously, is, is great. But you think about where we're getting to that piece where it's wonderful when a library system has one location you can go to and use this stuff. It's better if you have two locations that you can go. It's better if all the libraries in a community have a good chunk of this accessibility. And I like yeah. to see or imagine that's what's going on. I think of a city like London here where, you know, hey, how many of our libraries could I go and use a Victor Reader Stream? How many of them have them? Do any? Does everybody who needs that accessibility have to go to the downtown library or which one? And I think, Julie, that's what this kind of funding is for, as well as putting on different events, whether it's the pottery, whether it's dancing. I really like the idea of stuff where people have it in their neighborhood. None of this, well, you have to go here to get access. Yeah, and how do you get there? And that's one of the things that our library headquarters ensures when we apply for the grants, is that we have funding for transportation because we don't have public transportation. So we right. can come up with as many ideas and programs as we like, but if people can't get there, what's the point? So, you know, there's so many different things that go into it. And I just love that all the libraries across the country are getting on board with this accessibility program. It makes my heart beam. Mm -hmm. I'm just thrilled, yeah. So here's here's an outside question for you, Julie. I'm curious. We at the top, I was asking about the snow. How is that affecting those in the disability community? We have a couple of moments, and I'm just kind of curious what you've heard, uh, especially our, whether it be our friends in wheelchairs or our, our white cane users or guide dog users. Anything that you've heard, especially with the huge amounts, because this is just an abnormal situation. Oh, it, it's just ridiculous. Um, I mean, we struggle to navigate our way around because we are a poor province so our sidewalks and streets are in disrepair but I'm telling you the work that our public works and the amount of time and effort they're putting in to make sure that we can still access certain things you know like even getting out of your vehicle when you park uh, downtown that you don't have a great big snow bank to climb over um, they're all cleared. Our trails and um, through the woods and, and around the lakes and all the rest of it are groomed so that we can go for a safe walk. Um, I'm so fortunate that I live in Pictou County. I can't even begin to tell you. They are amazing. They really stand behind the fact that we are an aging well together community and ensure yeah. that it's accessible for everybody. Yeah. I love it. I love it, Julie. Thank you. It's been something, of course, you guys have been on our mind, everybody out there with what they're dealing with. Um, I know London being in the, quote, snow belt, unquote, which doesn't seem so true anymore in this part of southwestern Ontario with everything changing. But I remember those days just trying to get out, just trying to yeah. get and, and we were used to it. But you're talking unprecedented snow. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, we'll guys. talk to Happy you next Easter. month. Thank you. Yes. We'll talk to you next month on the program. Community reporter Julie Martin joining us, bringing us the latest news and events from uh, Pictou County, Nova Scotia. We step aside for... Oh, okay, so you are there. <laughs>
<laughs> we had one plan and now another one proceeds. Uh, we're going to take a break, though. We're going to come back and do the roundtable as we usually do on Thursdays. So stick around for some interesting variety of conversation in this one. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Welcome back. It's a Thursday edition of Kelly and Ramya. Kelly McDonald, Ramya Emmethan, we're back together. I guess we were together yesterday as well, right, Kels? Yeah, I'm I think so. A couple track. of days this week. Mm-hmm. I'm all screwed up. I don't know. I don't know either. But anyways, yeah. And uh, we just had that fun little um, dance <laughs> before the, the yeah, break. Yeah, um, Rum was waiting in place. Um, yeah. As as you know, folks, we were being on the program. Um, but Toronto... <clears throat> Kelly has all the wonderful. I'll pick on Toronto, not Scarborough it's rush today. Hour. Uh, Toronto traffic, mm-hmm. right, is not our friend today. So, uh, so we don't have being available to us at this time for the roundtable. Uh, we do have a substitute. We'll get to in just a second. But uh, yeah, that, that's what caused our little dance. But a wonderful committee report with Julie. Um, we do those committee reports on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays normally. But nice yeah. to have her on board with us today. And I found right, she was talking about this um, leap day proposal thing about women proposing yes. to men tradition. Apparently, I, I went into it a little bit, and uh, it is a Scottish or an Irish tradition. Sorry, and there. There's some oh, um, caveats, okay, by good. the way. Yeah, oh. I think it's Irish. Uh, Irish tradition, yes. Uh, but there yeah. are some stories. I'm not going to get into it, but it's a fun search if you go into it. Because if you get refused, so if your uh, proposal gets denied today, there are some caveats to that, you know. Like somebody's got to buy like you a silk Is it kind of like Halloween, like a trick or something? No. Oh, no. oh wow. No, no, and, okay. and you might end up getting some gloves and some other fancy wear by the person who denied your proposal. So I don't know. Long it might be not, worth it long just as you're for not the, slapped uh, by the glove or something like that. No, but, you know. that wasn't mentioned anywhere yeah, here. No, as long as not that nonsense. God, just, oh, that was let's the old not duels. add our own traditions, okay? Yeah, that was the old dueling thing. You know, <laughs> if you slap someone with a glove, that means, okay, let's let's get it on. You know, okay. And they get the pistols out and away they go. not a boxing match either. Mm-hmm. No pistols. Pistols, that's the dueling. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we've got a roundtable ahead. We'll duel a little bit in there. Let's bring it on. It's the Thursday roundtable right here. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually oval. Just say it. The blind guy feels it now, goes, well, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. We're going to welcome in our guest today on the round table, filling in for uh, Bing Gill, who can't be with us, uh, Greg David from our communications department. Greg, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. And uh, yes, uh, traffic, Toronto traffic. I I don't miss that. When does Rush Hour start now? 12 p.m.? Pretty sure. uh, I thought it was uh, 12 a.m. right through oh, till yeah. tw- uh, okay. 11.59 p.m. Right. You, you know what? Honestly, in Toronto, it doesn't matter anymore. It's all rush hour all the time, yeah. right? It's pretty yeah. much the point. It gets crazy, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, Greg, uh, you know the drill on the round tail. We've pulled a few things to chat about. You've got something for us to k- talk about. We'll talk about push in a couple of moments since mm-hmm. we were going to have Bean uh, on the program here, and we can get into a little more detail on Season 2, which we, we didn't get with Brian a lot. We we got experiential. It was a wonderful talk. Check that out via the podcast, folks. Subscribe using your favorite podcast platform to our conversation on Tuesday's show. Uh, anyway, uh, New Brunswick Premier... Blaine Hicks says he's surprised by the backlash that he's received for his promise to give workers a one-time payment of $300. Um, Yeah, take a listen. 
Higgs told reporters earlier this week that his $75 million program to help make life more affordable should be seen as a, quote, good news story. Instead, he says he's disappointed his government is being criticized for not including everyone, including seniors, in the latest cost-of-living measure. To qualify for the $300, a New Brunswicker had to have been working and have had a net family income of $70,000 or less in 2022 or 23. Green leader David Kuhn says one of the main criticisms of the program is that it leaves out a number of people who fall through the cracks because they are either seniors, can't work, or have a family income of more than $70,000. Nicole Reese, the Canadian Press. What side of the fence would you be on with this, Ramya? Would you be, like, are you asking the same question? Well, hold it. Uh, 70000 less, okay, pay them out. But what about other people? What about the seniors? What about the persons in the disability community? Yeah, and I think that this is kind of the same argument or at least a parallel argument that we get with a lot of this kind of one-off, one-time payment of, right? And we heard, mm -hmm. you know, iterations of this during the pandemic that people would get yep. absolutely infuriated about because... Remember how long the disabled community had to wait? Oh, my goodness. Quite literally, right? You know, for the, uh, the explicit announcement that, yes, people in the disability community were being considered and then, but where's the actual money? It's not in our bank accounts yet and I, I think that that kind of history really does continue to add to the mis distrust that we have with these kinds of things um, but yeah and then there's like all this other stuff like you said the disability community the the seniors um, I think that income uh, placement of income you know that that line of okay what's your income above or below this threshold is a good place to start Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is a good place to start that kind of uh, starting point. But it, that's all it is. It's the starting point. Then you got to consider everything else that could be then, which makes me think, OK, might as well just give it to everybody. Greg, you make $30,000 above 70000 So if in your oh, case, wouldn't you be PO'd if you weren't official. getting? Allegedly. Oh, I, I'm just making up a number. <laughs> um, wouldn't you yeah. be PO'd if they said, you're not going to get that $300, yeah. Greg? That would break your piggy bank. Yeah, I was I was nodding the entire time that Rami was speaking because it's like preach like what you know it's good to have that seventy thousand as the as that that median um to go by but then yeah you've got to get down into into poverty level and be mm -hmm. talking about those people like Rami said members of the disability community and Kelly you both said the senior community I mean come on if you're going to have that kind of one time amount of money out there you need to give it to as many people as possible and you're right you referred to the pandemic and and. I, there were there were there was folks you know that that received some some money one time only to get offices set up at home and things like that you know and you need to if you're going to give that money out and you're going to advertise you're giving it out you got to give it out to as many people as possible especially those people that are are way way down in in the uh, in the when it comes to economics absolutely right. what I do get concerned about is not knowing what went before I mean we saw yeah. that money came out at different times. Uh, and again, I <laughs> make the remark of how long certain communities had to wait for payoffs or help during the mm -hmm. pandemic. So I'm going to I'm going to stop saying that because I know that was a unique, different time. We're talking right now how much these groceries we heard from Mary today. Good God. There's so many things she mentioned when price comparison. I'm like, oh, it's that. Ex Holy gosh. You know, I, I must live a charmed life, not not really eating the same food and keeping it low or something. But it, it really can be frightening. But it, I don't know through this crisis, I got to believe this is relatively new that these payments are coming out to support. How do you pick and choose? How do you sit there and say, well, we're going to go with that community first in any case, Ramya? Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. Like, first of all, the number $300 is kind of like a question mark in my head to yeah, begin where, where with. Where does that come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's making these decisions? And then, you know, does this prioritizing then directly correlate with that? Oh, we only have this much money to give out, and therefore we must prioritize these communities, and everybody else has just got to mm-hmm. wait around or not be compensated? Like, everyone is being affected in some way or another. The ripple effect is enormous, right? With the, how people are dealing with their daily finances, with their savings potentially, with their losing businesses. Like, it's not just a matter of, uh, here's my gross income and, you know, yes. use this. Yeah. And not only that, I don't I don't know whether you said it or not. Sorry, Kelly, but whether this money is taxable. Like, when you get that, right. are you going to end up being taxed on it? Is that income? Be. I would go. think right. it's, I would think no. Like, I couldn't believe you would hand with this hand and then say, but first, uh, I got to take some of that out of there. I, I got to believe you wouldn't be that foolish in this country. Well, at least for another <laughs> year or two when we pretend things have calmed down a bit. Um, guys, I want to jump over to yesterday. Well, no, it was actually Tuesday. We got a preview of AMI's docu-series Push with co-star Brian McPherson. And, um... The show follows the Wheelie Peeps, an unlikely group of friends bonded by their shared experience as wheelchair users. Today, we were going to try to have been on the show, but doing press stuff and everything like that. The show airs uh, on CBC and here on AMI-tv. And, Greg, season one isn't available to us um, on 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 AMI+, Plus, but over on CBC Gem, season two shall be available if I have that right, on AMI Plus for us. We had a wonderful talk with Brian. Um, it really was something else. He, very honest, very open. We hear this from the show. This is the mantra of the cast and people involved with this production. Is you know, we, We've spoke to Bean on the show once before, um, but that's what we would have heard. Uh, Beth, our, our reporter, uh, and Bean have spent lots of time talking and stuff like that and, and had given me some great things to talk to her about uh, and kick around with her. But you know this show from everything that you do in your job to promote it. So share with us what you brought today. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the 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 big news, obviously, is like you said, we're, we've got season two that's coming up on March the 18th on on not mm-hmm. only AMI-tv on Monday nights, but but also uh, on AMI+. Plus. And a couple of little interesting bits is that when you get into these productions with a, with a CBC, um, you know, sometimes even though they're getting better and better at, at making uh, programming that, that represents everybody uh, in this country, um, there's still a little bit of a learning curve. And so when we became involved in this project as, as co-producers, um, it was a a bit of a learning curve for them to learn about described video. Um, you know, everything that we do on AMI either has integrated described video, where it's the described video is built right in, or described video, where the descriptions are added after the fact. So for season two, um, when people check it out on, on AMI-TV and AMI+, Plus, that described video is going to be there to ensure that it's accessible. And one other thing I wanted to mention, I forgot all about this, there are going to be two versions of, uh, of episodes of Push. So there's the broadcast version, but then there's the uncensored Censored version, nice. which is going to be on AMI Plus, and that's where you know, or Brian was talking yesterday about you know he him being very unfiltered <laughs> and and talking about profanity. There might be the odd uh, bit of adult language in the uncensored version, and also uh, some of the discussions get very very in depth. And uh, so yeah, two versions of the show uh, available to oh. viewers on AMI TV and AMI Plus. So it's not yeah. just a uh, you know bleeped version. Like we're really talking potentially oh, an no. extended version. 
yeah uncensored so the the so uncensored so the 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 episode length will be the same okay, um okay. it's just that yeah so there may be the bleeps will be taken out um i do know that there is some some very frank discussion uh about sex uh in one of the episodes of the show which you know i think is great and in you know for more conversations like that you can obviously tune in and watch that sex show on ami plus because i think that's you know everybody everybody has sex so why not talk about it there are questions to be asked about members of the disability community and how they have sex so that's that's uh that's in one of the episodes so a little bit of a preview as to mm. some of the the great conversation on the season two see i feel this lends itself so much this program my guys to like a a accompanying podcast. I know we did that with Holly Bartlett, and I really feel this is pod. the kind of show where those extra conversations um, can happen, whether it's about production, whether it's about, you know, as Brian was mentioning, the trip to Italy, or just mm -hmm. some of the others. Meet the others in that capacity. I, I, again, unless you're, you know, a real follower of the show, and I, I like when you get characters balanced out, where you hear this focuses maybe more on this character, that character, or this storyline, that storyline, if you want to call it that, because so much is going Going to be different in every episode of the experiences and and what they're going through season to season to season uh, you know greg when we talk about it yeah and i get really excited about the programming that uh like this uh you know we have another show that's going to be coming up this spring that we're very very excited about that uh that, that kelly you were you were lucky enough to be a part of and it's that type yes. of programming like push like the program that we got coming up this spring that really gets me excited because we're pushing those boundaries as a broadcaster uh you know we're, we're evolving as a broadcaster and as a content creator into programming that's uh that that challenges the viewer elicits discussion elicits a lot of conversation and that's what we're all about that's what you guys are about every day you guys now with Dave Brown, the Pulse, our podcast, it's all about those discussions. And we're really excited about these TV shows that are going to lead into those discussions as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the... mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead, Ron. Well, I was just going to say, we were saying yesterday to Brian um, that like, you know, these are all advocacy conversations, right? Every show, every episode, every kind of part of why we um, do what we do in all the different ways on AMI is part of in some way shape or form telling stories and talking about advocacy and being able to reach out to the disability community in that way but it's interesting to see it happen in all these different approaches right like this formats. is a reality show yeah yes. formats yeah. and yeah. Yeah. and language and tone and you know kind of like stretch it out into all different uh, crevices of how someone might receive this information. And this being a reality show, I think, hits differently, at least for me, um, seeing it done this way and, and following these friends, these characters around and seeing their personality, seeing their struggles and frustrations, but also like what they have to deal with, the challenges with each other, the challenges within themselves, where mm -hmm. they are exactly like in the journey. And characters. You get the exactly. build. You get the, but no. location is different. The experiences they have versus maybe a similar kind of group in Toronto, Ottawa, right. or, or right. here in London. I, I love that. And yeah. And, and of course, this underlying that. thing of portrayal on TV, right? We, mm -hmm. know, we know that this is another big part of the conversation, seeing uh, people with disabilities on TV in these ways, in very candid ways. And uh, I think that that comes out just from the trailer of Push.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all um, about those telling. It's all about telling those stories. It's telling international stories, but it's telling those Canadian stories. You know, Brian, yeah. uh, you know, uh, was delayed because of snow in Edmonton. That's just the reality, right? Exactly. And it's also something that that comes up if you're a wheelchair user and you're dealing with with snow in this country. So I love the fact that we're telling these stories. Uh, they're obviously international stories, but they're also homegrown as well. Yeah, I like that. And when we had Brian on, yes, folks, yesterday, I keep saying Tuesday. My apologies. Glad these guys had it on. I'm losing track of my days. But Brian made mention he would love to tell that story, show some episodes in that winter, that snow, that the things. It's a totally different ball game in a lot yeah. of cases. And that's the indoor-outdoor when you're trapped because, well, I can't go anywhere. As we were talking to Julie Martin, how, how much snow has fallen out east. What do you do? What goes on? How does it change your your plans? Not just for a couple of days in the case of the amount, but maybe a maybe a whole winter, depending on your circumstance, where you live and stuff. So this is the innovativeness that you get to see with a series like this, Greg, as it as it unfolds, you know, before us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very well said. And uh, I can't wait to hear, you know, obviously we've given push a lot of uh, a lot of press over the last couple of days and in the last couple of weeks. So just really, really excited when March 18th comes so that uh, we can see, you know, everybody else can see what we've been talking about and enjoy and enjoy the episodes as well. And another relationship with CBC, something that is on our network and over on CBC for many others to enjoy, too. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Greg David joining us from our uh, communications department. Uh, we're sorry, ladies and gentlemen. We were really looking forward to having Bean Gill on our roundtable today. A lot of things that that, that we were going to get into. Boy, um, talk about fiery personalities from the cast members, and that we've had that, had that opportunity. And we're we're looking forward to it because um, we've had her and Brian on the program in the past. But we do the roundtable every week at this time on our Thursdays. That was really lovely to have Greg on as well, because he knows these shows inside out also. Well, and he makes a lot more money than you and I, so it's interesting allegedly, to get that perspective on our new Allegedly, you have to say allegedly. Okay. We're going to take a finance. break, make a come back. Break. We're not going to look into Greg's finance. We're going to come back and look at, uh, now with Dave Brown, what they've got coming up on the Friday edition of The Morning Show on AMI-tv, and um, reminisce, maybe, on the four-year anniversary of the pandemic. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. We're wrapping up the show here. Ramia Amazon and Kelly McDonald. We're the hosts of Kelly and Ramia. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch us live on AMI-tv. You can also catch us on AMI-audio at 4 p.m. Eastern. And get us on your podcasts by searching for Kelly and Ramia. Um, also on podcast is now with Dave Brown. They are live Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. And Kelly, you want to preview what's coming up on the Friday edition of the show? Uh Uh-huh. Sure do. Got a lot of good stuff on the program. Kellogg CEO Gary Pilnick uh, is in hot water for recent comments he made suggesting that families that are struggling financially should just have cereal for dinner. How ignorant. Wow. Okay. Whoa, how rude. Dave discusses this story with uh, other news panelists that are normally on the program. You've got Michelle McQuig and, of course, Juita Gutta. Laura Bain will stop by with the entertainment report and communications specialist Greg. De- that name seems familiar. Oh, he's, 
heard it recently. Uh, Greg David will be by to feature what listeners can find on AMI's YouTube channel. A lot of great viewing over there. You can check out the show, though, 9 a.m. in the morning uh, right here on AMI-tv. Wicked stuff. Their Friday show, our Friday show, which we'll tease in a second. Uh, always a good time. So, Kels, it's the four-year anniversary in March, so soon, uh, of the pandemic. And there has been an interesting thread on BuzzFeed. And this is really a thread pulled off of Reddit on comments that people had to the question of um, what did the pandemic ruin for us more than we <laughs> realized, especially four years later, because now it's more of a reflection process, right? Yeah, it's sunk in now mm -hmm. or sinking in. Exactly. So, uh, of course, across U.S. and Canada, there were a lot of restrictions implemented. We don't need to go into the details, you know, but here are the top and most repeated comments from this question that was brought up on Reddit. I just picked four slash five. We'll see how many we get to. My perception of time has never really returned back to normal since then. People say 20 uh, or 2019 was five years ago, question mark. My brain still thinks that 2019 was last year. The past three years still seem like the present to me. Yeah, of course, we can all relate to all of this, right? As a teacher, we're talking about uh, children and students being affected by the pandemic now. Second comment. As a teacher... It's definitely affected kids and people more than we realize. Kids who had their yep. first or second year of school during the pandemic act quite differently than kids who didn't go through the pandemic. Uh, many mm -hmm. of them seem to have fewer social skills and more anxiety from compared to kids from previous years. And then a second person says, I'm a college professor, my uh, wife is a kindergarten teacher, and young people have definitely been affected. There are more... There are less B, C, and D students and more A's or F's. Whatever it took to buckle down is not there anymore. Also, the campus is a ghost town. Faculty don't come in if they don't have to. There's a lot of that going on, right? We know yeah, how bet. it's affected school and work. Uh, third kind of topic around this. My perception on money. Interesting. So I worked so hard to pay off debt, to save, save up for a new house, get promotions. Now with the rise of uh, house cost, costs and inflation, I feel like money is literally such a made-up thing and I can't seem to understand it <laughs> or have any thing. control wow. over it. Yeah, but you know, on, on a very micro level, I've, I feel like I've experienced this also. Um, I feel like I have no control over anything, even with all the right decision. Doesn't that seem relatable? Especially mm -hmm. with inflation, right? Mm -hmm. One yep. more. Oh, for sure. One more. Independent slash smaller music venues never really came back, and it's left a void in my life. I used to go to house shows, and those are all gone, unless it's a college band. I hope that things will slowly recover. That one made me really sad because I think it's so true. Concerts on yes, every it's... level, as well as getting together with people and jamming, um, all of it has kind of uh, left a huge void and the person back said to the social people mm -hmm. just don't feel almost i won't say the need it's yeah. almost like they don't know how yeah exactly uh people also say that driving has gotten out of whack this is very anecdotal but really interesting to think about that's it for us today let's look at what's coming up tomorrow on kelly and ramia we got gardener susan kearney talking about the daffodil and other early spring plants that are coming out and good for our pollinators I was off on Monday. I don't think I'll come in. Oh, anyway, that's a thought for later on. What? I'm speaking out loud. <laughs> Brock Richardson will be here with the results from the Scotties Tournament of Hearts in our sports report.
We're looking forward to catching you tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern on AMI-TV is when you can join us live. So hang out with us on the Friday edition of Kelly and Romeo. Until then, have a good night. Do I come in? Do I not? Do I come in? Do I not? What age did you really start feeling the fear of growing up? And I think that this is different for everybody. Maybe there's kind of a general time frame where people start feeling it, but it's not necessarily the same for everyone. So for me, it was around 29, just before hitting 30. And I started to think like, oh, stuff scares me now. Not roller coasters where I'm strapped in necessarily, but I'm glad I did the skydiving and bungee jumping thing already because I don't know if I have the uh, wherewithal to handle the anxiety or adrenaline that comes with trying it. Now, I am still a thrill seeker, but as I get older, I can really feel that fear I'm talking about. And, you know, if you are a thrill seeker, maybe you'll always be a thrill seeker to some degree, but maybe some of the things that you would have definitely tried when you were 18, 19, 20, 21, eh, maybe not anymore. So again, I'm curious, what age is that for you? Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.